You're listening to Alabama Tradition with Ryan Fowler and Martin Houston on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Alabama tradition, the past, present, and future of the Alabama Crimson Tide. And uh, Martin Houston not with me tonight. He is actually uh, preaching revival. And uh, we'll be in revival all of this week. So if you have a chance to check him out, uh, do that. I know he streams a lot of his stuff on Facebook. Uh, He was in revival last night. And uh, Martin, being a pastor of the word, uh, he'll be doing that tonight. So uh, we'll let uh, him get a big forgiveness here talking about Alabama and Ole Miss. And we'll talk about it right here with your phone calls. We'll do our Dreamland Score Prediction Day. And we'd ask that you try to get these in today because tomorrow's going to be very, very busy. And we'll take your calls, 205-342-9904. We will talk to William Barcher coming up at 615. We'll have a chance to talk with the former offensive lineman at the University of Alabama. We'll continue right here. Let's go to Robert in Mobile. Robert, good afternoon, man. You're in the game. Hey, man. How are you? Well, since Martin's out preaching the word, I guess we'll give him, we'll cut him some slack for uh, not showing up this Tuesday. Yeah, we'll, we'll give yeah, him. But deal this once. Yeah, we'll give him forgiveness on this one. Yeah, we're gonna give him. Yeah, we're gonna give him a mulligan. So, hey, I had to take issue with one of your guests you had on the on your show today. Okay, which one? Uh, when he, I forgot the one who said that uh, that uh, Matt Corral was uh, was by far the best quarterback in college football. It wasn't even close. Um, oh, no, my friend, it, it is close. If you, if you want to make the case he is, uh, let's not, it is close. Don't say he's just head and shoulders way above Bryce Young, and Bryce Young's not even in his neighborhood. Uh, it's, it, no, it's, it's, you can pick either or could be the best quarterback in college football. Sure. And you look at the numbers, Bryce has more touchdowns than Mackerel. Even with Mackerel's week off, well, I mean, he's only got nine touchdowns, but Bryce Young has 15. So, that's a huge difference. Even if you want to take into account uh, Mackerel the week off, he's not going to get. I doubt he gets six touchdowns, especially not in his next game. So uh, um, that not even close comment. That's well, like uh, I don't Corral's know where you get that from. Too, by the way. Say what? Corral's got five rushing touchdowns too. By the way. Well, and, and he is, and and both these kids are from California, and uh, you know when you think about California kids coming to the SEC to play football, um, hey, Matt Corral's a big time quarterback. Listen, yeah. Uh, when you look at earning a Heisman vote, uh, he'll walk out if he's able to come to Tuscaloosa and let's say that he beats Alabama, uh, he's probably going to get a lot of votes. Um, you know, if he comes to Tuscaloosa and he lays it on Alabama, I mean, it'll be hard for myself, um, you know, not to to vote for him if he, if he continues this trend. Uh, you know, I want to oh, see. Oh, absolutely. The, sure. I want to see the best player against the best player. And so. Uh, well, you know, but you know, to say that uh, it's not close, and yeah, that, that's what well, kind of got me. Uh, well, come on, now. there's a lot of even the, the uh, Fresno State quarterback. You can at least make a case for him. It is close. It is close. Sure. I mean, there are other quarterbacks that are in uh, Matt Corral's uh, zip code, and Bryce Young is one of them. And uh, like, and we all, a lot of us believe, you know, this could be the 
you're like we everyone knows you the person who wins this game will be the Heisman front runner. At that point it will be theirs to lose. They'll have to have a bad game or have a bad series of games to lose it after that point. Sure. But so so yeah, this is I mean, this is for a lot of marbles here. I think again it's for the SEC West. Uh, who goes comes out of the SEC West? And the other one will have to hope the other team loses twice. And I wouldn't bet on if you know if Ole Miss comes in here and wins in Tuscaloosa. I wouldn't bet on them losing twice against anybody. So yeah, this is I, I mean, mean this this, this thing could be higher. Let me look at that Ole Miss schedule just just real quick. Let's let's just look at because I mean I mean definitely the trip to Tuscaloosa is the the biggest. Uh, they do have to wow. You get in a physical game with Alabama, and then you got to go play Arkansas. Then they got to go to Tennessee, LSU at home. Arkansas is at home, too. It's uh, at, in Knoxville, LSU at home. Then they go to the Cal College uh, across the state. Uh, then they got Liberty coming to town. Texas A&M, Vanderbilt, Mississippi State. Ole Miss is, Ole Miss is probably losing one game. Yeah. yeah I, we would need them to lose, too. Yeah. So you're and, right. And two, one would be real. Uh, I think it would be a push. Cause you come in and win in Tuscaloosa against this team. <laughs> well, um, I'm not seeing a whole lot of teams left in the in the SEC or the college football that can beat you, other than maybe Georgia. So yeah, the, the, so the stakes of this game couldn't be higher. Like because they keep saying, saying that's why these uh, players come here playing games like this. Right. Yep, this is uh, this one of the, course one of the biggest games of the year. I mean, the next one, will, next biggest game of the year will be the SEC championship game, and the other two games. Including unless the same SEC teams meet again in the national championship game, will come close to these games that were playing that are being played in the SEC this year. The SEC is the best conference, and once again, it's showing. So, but the, but it is close, and and I'd say this is beyond close. Bryce Young is is on Macarell's level in this point in this stage of the game. Well, Rob, he would be, yeah. Robert, you and I were big Tua fans. Uh, we were huge, huge Tua fans. I remember you calling, and uh, we talked a lot about Tua. I think Bryce Young, if he stays on this path right now, and he's able to to not have a you know severe injury that cost him a couple of games, I think he may walk out of here the best quarterback in the Nick Saban era. I think he's that good. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, it's a. Uh... It will it'll be the history of Alabama football in that case, too. You know, the best quarterback in Nick Saban here. You're the best quarterback in Alabama football uh, in the history of Alabama football. Cause Nick Saban is producing the best quarterbacks in the history of Alabama football. Uh, none of the quarterbacks in the past can compare to these guys today. It's just a different era, I know, but, I mean, it is what it is. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, we all said, yeah, Bryce Young's ceiling is, again, that high. Right now, my mind is Mac Jones, <laughs> but he could, he could exceed him. Which I didn't. I wasn't looking for him, Bryce Young to do that this year. I mean, I wouldn't. Put, I would put that kind of an expectation on. But he, you know, he's uh, continuing to produce, and the ceiling is that high. And you can say, really, again, Bryce Young's having to do it against a much tougher competition too this season. Because the SEC is uh, much tougher this season than it was last year. Well, and, a whole lot you know, think about it. Next year, there'll be two teammates that'll be battling for that number one spot. Right. You got Will oh, Anderson. Yeah, you get, well, the number one draft pick. Uh, you got Will Anderson. Oh, okay. Yeah, and, and Bryce Young, right? I mean, I mean, I know it's we're really putting the the cart before the horse, but I mean, think about it. I mean, you you may have one and two here in Tuscaloosa. I mean, if if they continue, I'm not saying. Listen, Bryce Young's got a lot of work to do between now and then. If but if 
this trend continues. Will Anderson is going to be right there, and uh, Bryce uh, could earn his way into there. Yeah, you have to say Mr. Anderson with the uh, Matrix voice when you said Will. <laughs> that's a guy on uh, YouTube that calls him Mr. Anderson. I like that. That's that's pretty good. Mr. I hope he, he wants to take that up. I like you that. know for the uh, yeah I, I like that too. Hopefully he'll get, he'll catch all of that. Well, I, that's definitely good for uh, Will Anderson. He's definitely Mr. Anderson. There's no question about it. Hey, uh, but yeah, going back to Ole Miss real quick. Uh, yeah, I talked to Mark. I talked to Mark this morning. And he was one that said, "Well, should Alabama fans be worried?" And of course, Ole Miss is a team that's worth worrying about. That they're that good right now. So, as in, they can beat you if you don't play the right game. Now, I've heard some of the scores you guys, your uh, calls have given in. Some of them would get pretty high. I think the last one, like, what, 48 was what he said? <laughs> if oh. we get 48 points, then we're all over Pete Golden next week again. <laughs> so, Pete, you better not give up 48 points. Yeah. If you do, <laughs> even, if, even a victory, that's not good. Hey, Robert, give me a score, man. What do you think? Okay, so I'm thinking Pete Golden will rise to the occasion, and, and it gets to seem like Ole Miss, anything under 30 is an excellent defensive performance. I will go 28-52, All right, 52-28. Bryce Young and Matt Corral combined passing numbers, numbers passing yards. Uh, so I'm guessing 900 has already been taken. <laughs> <laughs> Super Joe so at 998. Go, oh, 998. Okay, now has already been taken. So I'll go 652. Got it. Thank you, Robert. I hope you have a great day, man. All right, man. Uh, Robert and Mobile, we appreciate him. It's going to Bama Jam out in Texas. Bama Jam, good afternoon. You're in the game. Bama Jam? Nope, we're, we are really struggling. Nope, still no. Yeah, I can, put, I can put you back on hold and come back to you. Uh, what about now? It's weak. Weak, weak signal. Well, just okay. you, you're sounding really, really. I mean, if you want to give me a score real quick, I mean, maybe I can try to read it. Fifty-two to thirty-eight. Fifty-two thirty-eight. Uh, give me combined yep. passing numbers. Seven twenty-five. Seven twenty-five. Seven twenty-five. Seven twenty-five. I got it. Thank you, Bama Jam. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Let's go to Bryce. Uh, Mr. Bryce, good afternoon. You're in the game. Hello? No Bryce? Was that Bryce Young calling in? Is that what? Uh... Ram. Good afternoon, Ram. You're in the game. Hey, Ryan, my portable phone's about to go out, so let me give you my score real quick. Uh, 48, Bama, 30, Ole Miss. 611 yards. All right. 48 to 30 and 611 yards? Yes, sir. That's it. 48 30. I got it, man. Thank you. Thank you, Ram. Thank you, Ryan. That's Ram and McCullough. We're going to William Barger. He's next in Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9, the home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. You are listening to Alabama Tradition with Martin Houston and Ryan Fowler. Your connection to Tuscaloosa and the University of Alabama Athletics on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. I paid the tab and the lady asked me how to like my biscuit. I'll be honest with you, ma'am. 
It ain't like mama fixed it. Cause where I come from, it's cornbread and chicken. Where I come from, a lot of front porch picking. Where I come from, trying to make a living and working hard to get to heaven. Where I come from. Alright, so we welcome you back in. And it's just me tonight. Uh, Martin is uh, teaching, uh, excuse me, preaching revival. I've said teaching twice now. He's preaching revival tonight. So Martin's off tonight. Uh, he'll be back with me next Tuesday. We're going to actually join right here by one of his teammates uh, back in the early 90s at the University of Alabama, and we welcome in with a great honor, William Barger. Uh, William, I hope you're having a great day. Welcome in to Alabama tradition. Look, Ryan, I feel like I've been misled. If there's no hee-haw, I'm hanging up. Oh, yeah, see, I did not I did that on purpose, <laughs> man. I, I did that on purpose. I didn't want to tell you that he was not here. So uh, uh, <laughs> you know, I just I had to tease you into it, and uh, I'm glad we're able to catch up and kind of get a little bit of evaluation before we move to – Ole Miss and Alabama, I just want you to kind of look back. And let's let's start with the offensive line. That was a specialty. That's something that you do great. You evaluate all parts great, but uh, you played that position. Uh, give me an evaluation of this offensive line four games in. Well, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, last weekend versus Southern Miss is, is, you know, what I would label a get-right game. And, you know, I think the offensive line made some improvement. Um, looked like the, co- the communication was better and, you know, maybe that gelling factor starting to take place a little bit. Um, you know, certainly there's going to be a, you know, an uptick in competition this weekend with an SEC team like Ole Miss coming to Tuscaloosa. But, um, you know, I, I think that, you know, a lot of the criticism, you know, that you've seen directed on both sides of the football so far this season has been a little bit, you know, unwarranted. I mean, that was a tough place to go into. Um, you know, two Saturdays ago down in the swamp with a, a first year starter at quarterback and, you know, rebuilt offensive line, a lot of new skill players. And, um, you, you know, I, I thought that's one of those deals where, you know, you just, you know, try and survive in advance. And there's going to be a couple of games like that, you know, in each season when you look back on it after the year's over with. And, you know, this Saturday may be another one. When you think about this team, is it fair to say that they're much better pass protection than they are run blocking? You know, I would say up until this point in the season, it's kind of been a mixed bag, okay. um, you know, as far as the run blocking goes. I mean, you know, they they did pretty well versus Miami and, you know, kind of hit a buzzsaw down there in the swamp. Now, you know, when you face a Todd Grantham defense, there's going to be a lot of stunning, um, a lot of slants. And, uh, you know, that always causes a little bit of problems up front, especially till you can, you know, kind of figure it out and, and you know, get the communication where it needs to be. Um, but, you know, I, I think so far when you just kind of look at, you know, what this team is, I think Coach Saban really, you know, put it into perspective quite well in his press conference yesterday. You know, there's only two seniors on the leadership council. And so, you know, this is a very young team and, you know, it's, it, they're having to build each week that leadership and, you know, that chemistry in the locker room. And, um, you know, I, we were having the same conversation last year. 
Um, you know, people were complaining about the defense, especially about, you know, after the old Miss game. And, you know, you saw everything get right with that side of the ball, you know, once they got deep into the schedule into November. Well, and and I think just so many of us, and I'm, I'm including myself in this category, I mean, you go back after last year of what that offensive line was able to do and, you know, Deontay Brown and Landon Dickerson and Alex Leatherwood, you know, I, I – I think maybe one of the most underappreciated guys may have been Brown. Uh, I mean, he was a tone setter. Uh, Landon Dickerson as well. Uh, Alex, I mean, th- those guys are all quality players uh, and will be, you know, for some time on Sunday afternoon. And I guess maybe I just thought, oh, Doug Marone coming from the NFL, it's going to be a perfect offensive line. And, and that's just maybe me with uh, over-expecting. Well, I mean, I think you kind of have to look at what you had last year. I mean, you know, when you throw Evan Neal into the mix, you had – you know, two first-rounders, a guy that probably would have gone in the first round and Landon Dickerson without the injury concern, and, uh, you know, some, some mid-round guys. It remains to be seen if there's going to be another first-rounder off of the 2021 offensive line besides Evan Neal. You know, that's kind of still to be determined. I'm not saying it can't happen, but you just don't have those guys that scream off the page at you like some of those names that you just mentioned off of the 2020 line. Your evaluation of Bryce Young so far, four games in. Can't say enough positive things about the young man, Ryan. I mean, you know, through four games, he's thrown, he's thrown, you know, three more touchdown passes, um, you know, than Tua Tungabaloa and Mac Jones did um, through their first four starts. You know, he's doing it with a 72% accuracy rate, you know, was basically flawless from an interception standpoint. You know, I thought the one, Saturday night wasn't really his fault, actually. But um, just can't say enough about, you know, the the guy that I think is actually um, having to take the bull by the horns and be the leader on the offensive side of the football. You can kind of see that grow, you know, each and every Saturday. But, you know, the, the way that guy buys time in the pocket, the way he, you know, keeps his eyes focused downfield, um, you know, I think he's actually in the midst of, building something that could be pretty nasty and unstoppable. You know, now that Jaleel Billingsley is out of the doghouse, I think you're going to see, you know, a lot more 12 personnel on the field. You saw him kind of get a little bit into it Saturday, you know, with, with the rollouts and the bootlegs with, with both, you know, having um, Jaleel and Latu on the field at the same time. But I think once they kind of start scratching the surface with the RPO factor, um, you know, that's just a nightmare for outside linebackers and safeties to have to deal with when you've got, you know, two quality tight ends that can kind of stretch a defense. Well, it's just exciting to watch, you know, Bryce being able to do the things that he's able to do. And um, I was a huge fan of Tua Tungvaloa. I was a huge fan of Mac Jones. Uh, AJ McCarron won three championships, two as a starter, uh, one as a backup, did what Nick Saban wanted him to do. Uh, but I've, I've said today and I said yesterday, uh, if Bryce Young continues on this projection, uh, he'll probably be the best quarterback in this Nick Saban era. I think he's that good. Well, and, and, and I think you have to kind of put an asterisk next to it as well, Brian. I mean, you know, he doesn't have, you know, three or four first-round draft yeah, absolutely. picks at his disposal at the wide receiver position like Tua and, and you know, Mac Jones did. Um, you know, and I don't think anybody could have, you know, predicted back in August that, you know, a, a – a, you know, a transfer like Jamison Williams, you know, who's kind of starting to establish himself as, 
you know, both the alpha at the wide receiver position. I think he's averaging 30 yards a catch right now. Uh, but what he was able to do uh, when he was unleashed in the special teams phase Saturday versus Southern Miss. Well, the one thing, and I don't, I'd love to ask even more people that, that can help us understand the quarterback position, but the one thing that I notice about Bryce is is he makes it through his progressions pretty fast. He doesn't miss reads, but he keeps his eyes down the field, regardless if he has to move the pocket or shift from one way or the other. It's just what he does with those eyes. Uh, you can see it. I mean, it, it jumps off to me. Uh, I interviewed his high school coach uh, back in June, July, and he told me, I said, elaborate why he's the best you've ever had in 30-something years of high school coaching. And he highlighted some of these things, but till you see it up, pers- up personal, uh, you know, it jumps off the page at me, and I don't know anything about playing the position. Well, I mean, I think if you, if you look at it from, from the way the Alabama fan base is viewing it, is, you, know, you almost hear some complaints because it's almost like he refuses to tuck the ball and run it. And, you know, rewind, you know, three or four years ago when, when you had, you know, a quarterback like Jalen Hurts that would, you know, take off at the drop of a hat. You know, you would think there would be a little bit more of an appreciation factor for what Bryce is attempting to try and do. I mean, you know, he, he's given those wide receivers, um, you know, every chance that they possibly have with the amount of time that he's got in the pocket to, to get open. And you know, he wants to distribute the ball. You see him do a lot of stuff with checking down to the running backs. You don't really ever see him put that ball in a, in a bad spot where you know, it's a gimme interception for a defensive back. But, yeah, I think the fact that, you know, he's able to buy himself time and, and you know, improvise. I mean, I think we've seen, you know, two basically shovel passes. Um, you know, I think one versus Miami and one this past Saturday. So, you know, the guy is, you know, hyper-focused on, you know, staying in the pocket and getting the ball and letting the playmakers make the plays. And, and you know, when you think about, you know, he's, he's not the biggest cat in the world. Um, you know that's probably the smart to deci- the smart decision. I'm st- I'm sure Bill O'Brien and Nick Saban are coaching him up on that facet every day. Speaking of Bill O'Brien, how would you evaluate him four games in? Yeah, you know, I think he's done a great job, Brian. Um, you know, I still think he's probably sitting on some stuff in his back pocket that we'll probably see Saturday. Um, you know, he's he's got some some really good weapons. You know, some stuff. I mean, I think it's kind of been a. You know, a wait and see thing. I mean, they had to wait for Billingsley to get right with with the with the team and and you know start doing things. You know, the way they dictate down there, the way the process dictates. I think the you know the biggest surprise. I mean, we kind of saw it start to emerge back in the A Day game. Is you know what a weapon Cameron Law too, um, you know, has developed into and and. Um, you know, with with Brian Robinson being a little dinged up last week, I mean, you know, you basically had, you know, two 100-yard rushers and Jace McClellan and Roy Dell Williams. Um, you know, they, they seem to be a little, little hesitant, and, and I don't know if that's because he's still struggling with pass protection, um, but they've been a little bit slow to implement, uh, you know, Trey Sanders into the mix at running back. But, you know, I mean, I think he's got a lot of shiny toys, and he's kind of you know, weeding his way through the process and figuring out the best way. He's got a, you know, a great young quarterback that can distribute the football, you know, any part of the field that you want him to. Uh, but I've been pleased with what I've seen of him. And you know, I like the fact that he's up there in the press box and, and kind of, you know, gets that, that overhead view of what's going on and can relay it down to the sideline. 
William, before we move to Alabama and Ole Miss, um, what's your biggest takeaway from college football? Are we watching super seniors? Is this really that big of an impact in college football as it's kind of made out to be from uh, some of the guys in the media side of things? Uh, just your overall analysis, and I know we don't have time to go into every single detail, but there's just been a lot of big takeaways from college football. I'm just curious what yours is so far. Well, I mean, I think the biggest takeaway, and, and you know, you're seeing – you know, a guy, and we'll find out, you know, just exactly what they're made of at, at noon on Saturday. But, you know, with, with Arkansas and, and Sam Pittman's emergence in the West, um, you know, th- this is shaping up to be the, the toughest division in college football. You know, Alabama, um, you know, Old Miss, Texas A&M, all, you know, they've got some, you know, some growing pains over there after losing their starting quarterback. But, I mean, I think Arkansas right now is the – you know, the early story in college football, you know, they're, they're not the most, you know, nobody's going to sit there and sit, you know, and look at you with a straight face and tell you that Arkansas was more talented last Saturday on paper than Texas A&M. But, you know, those guys, you know, play fast. They, they're good on both sides of the line of scrimmage. I think they've got a, you know, a huge dynamic playmaker in, in KJ Jefferson at quarterback. Hopefully he's a hundred percent for Saturday, but that, that's been the biggest takeaway for, you know, for me so far is, um, you know, just how um, challenging the SEC West has become. You know, LSU's, you know, kind of, you know, down a little bit. You know, things I think are still, you know, in flux down at Auburn um, with a new coaching staff and, you know, maybe not inheriting the most talented roster that's ever been, you know, at Auburn. Um, but, you know, I, I just think the West is just a very, very interesting story so far through the first four games of, of the 20, uh, 2021 season. You know, you almost just wondered, not looking ahead, but whenever Oklahoma and Texas is added, uh, what exactly it'll look like, whether it go pods or whether they, you know, keep the geographical uh, footprint or however they do it. But, I mean, could you imagine if you put Oklahoma and Texas in this side of the division? I mean, it'd be like playing an NFL schedule over here. No, I mean, I think there's going to have to be some some shifting as far as the geography concerned, um, you know, once they enter the fray. And it'll be interesting to see if they can, you know, get in as, as fast as some say, maybe, you know, 2023. But it's certainly going to change the, you know, the landscape of college football. And, you know, and I would say that, you know, probably the other, um, you know, big story, um, you, you know, in college football is it's looking more and more like, um, you know, maybe Ohio State and Clemson um, probably aren't going to be, um, you know, the, the dynamic college football playoff, um, you know, teams that they've been the last five or six years. And, and you know, another former, uh, you know, Nick Saban assistant is making waves up in the Big Ten as we speak. I mean, it's been a long time, um, you know, since Michigan State started the season 4-0. and uh, you know, Mel Tucker's doing an outstanding job up there in Lansing, Michigan. Wow. Yeah, you never – I mean, you think about it, but it just – you know, you think about Nick Saban and uh, Mel Tucker, that's that's a good compliment. And I know you're a big fan of Mario Cristobal out on the uh, the West Coast with what they're doing at Oregon. No, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I think that, you know, certainly, you know, if he keeps on the trajectory that he's on, uh, you know, he got his big signature win a couple weeks ago against Ohio State on the road. Um, but, you know, he, he's got to, you know, kind of start dominating the, the, the Pac-12. I think he's, 
you know, in the process of having a much more talented roster than the rest of those programs out there that he plays on a on a week to week basis. And you know, he's got to start treating that league, um, you know, kind of like a bully. Um, but but I do expect when you know whenever if he keeps doing the things that he's doing, recruiting the way that he's doing. Um, you know, I do expect him to be a guy that's in play for the Alabama head coaching job when Nick Saban, if and when he ever does decide to retire. Right, let's go to Lane Kiffin. I'm I'm curious to to hear your thoughts. Um, you know, you look at the numbers that they've put up, pretty impressive. Um, but they did it against pretty weak competition: Austin P, Louisville, and then Tulane. Uh, they've scored a lot of points. Nobody doubts that. But how good of a team is this coming in on Saturday? You know, I, I guess I've kind of got a different take on Lane than a lot of people do. I know his, you know, swagger and cockiness kind of rubs people the wrong way, but it, it almost is obvious to me. I mean, he kind of reminds me of a, you know, a, a younger version of what Steve Spurrier was in the, in the 90s, um, you know, down at Florida. I mean, he's a, a great interview for the media. He's, he's, you know, doesn't really play things close to the vest. I mean, he's you know, uber complimentary of, of the Alabama program and Coach Saban, I think, for, you know, kind of rehabbing his coaching career and, you know, certainly I think played a big part in him landing a, you know, a job in the SEC over there at Ole Miss. But, um, you know, we'll have to wait and see. I mean, I, I think this is going to be a, you know, by far and away the most hostile environment that Matt Corral's ever had to manage his way through. Um, you know, he's another guy. I think he's the perfect quarterback compliment to his head coach. I mean, he's a guy that's, you know, kind of reminds me of Johnny Manziel and the way that he carries himself both on and off the field. Um, and, and, you know, is this going to be his Steven Garcia, Johnny Manziel moment, you know, versus Alabama Saturday, or is he going to throw three interceptions? Um, I don't know if there's going to be a, a medium ground in between, but this is going to be a tough, tough road test. Um, you know, for Old Miss, I think, you know, certainly um, Nick Saban and that coaching staff, you know, saw the scare that they put into them last year with all the points that they were able to, you know, put up on, on the Alabama defense last year. And I think this is a – even though it, it was a win last year, Ryan, I certainly think there's a little bit of a revenge factor involved. Uh, you know, I think Nick Saban and Pete Golding are going to want to – you know, kind of right the ship over what was a pretty embarrassing performance last year against Ole Miss. Well, looking at them for just a couple of minutes, what will be the keys to Alabama having success from Alabama defensive perspective against that offense? What What are going to be the keys that you want to glue in early on that game and say, okay, Alabama is dialed in, uh, you feel like that you can have some success against this offense? Well, I mean, I think you saw a little bit of it Saturday night. I mean, you know, you, you can't ever predict when you schedule these games, you know, against a school like Southern Miss who's, you know, kind of fallen off of a cliff uh, from, a, from a program standpoint. But, you know, that they had a little bit of a nice warm-up, in my opinion, albeit that, the, you know, Southern Miss was more of an option attack, you know, versus Old Miss uh, being more of a zone read attack. But still, it's it's – um, assignment defensive football, you know, a guy's got to take the quarterback. Um, you know, somebody's got to take the, the dive back on zone reads. You know, they got to be accounted for. You know, certainly, you know, they, they present a challenge. It's something that Alabama's defense has really struggled, um, you know, for, 
um, in the passing game for a long time now, and that's defending the middle of the field with their line, inside linebackers and safeties in the passing game. So, you know, I, I think Alabama, you know, if, if they can play sound assignment football on defense, they match up well, you know, with Ole Miss. But, you know, certainly the linebackers have to do a better job in pass coverage. And, you know, the safeties, I think, um, you know, have to do a better job in the open field of tackling um, you know, a pass catcher once they do catch the ball and, and you know, putting them on their backs. Well, I don't expect you to go and break down Austin P or Tulane or Louisville, but I don't know if this defense in, in, in Oxford, just comparing the numbers and look at the competition that they've played, the numbers don't show you that they're any better defensively on that side of the football. I, I think Alabama should have their way uh, with these guys. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, the only game that I've watched them play was against Louisville, and, you know, you just don't know how good Louisville really is. But, I mean, they look a little bit improved to me. They've got a couple of transfer players that I think, uh, um, you know, that DJ Durkin brought in and, um, you know, look like they have, you know, gotten a little bit more talented at certain positions. Probably, you know, I would say their, their linebacker positions are probably the strength of that defense. But, yeah, I mean, I think if, if, you know, Alabama's offense executes and, you know, doesn't turn the ball over, I think they're going to, you know, be able to score, you know, somewhere, you know, in the 40-point range. And, um, you know, it's going to be up to the Alabama defense. You know, th- this is one of those games, Ryan, that, you know, a field goal uh, might be just as solid um, for either defense as a punt. Um, you know, just keeping the other offense out of the end zone from getting, you know, seven points might be as good as a stop. Final question. Uh, you know anything about Elijah Prickett, uh, Pritchett, uh, 6'6", 280-pound senior out of Columbus, Georgia, who committed Alabama? Any, any evaluation on him? Well, I know he's got, you know, tree vines for arms. Mm-hmm. He's got great feet. He bends well. Um, I think he's a very athletic offensive tackle prospect. You know, I think he's you know, got a chance to, you know, probably put on another 20 pounds of good weight over the course of his career. But, you know, I think he's a great pickup. Um, you know, you can't coach that wingspan and, and the way he bends and the way he moves. He plays with a nasty streak. I think, you know, you know, you look at it on paper and, um, you know, he's not a five-star like you're, you know, used to seeing Alabama, you know, land offensive tackles. But I think, you know, in another year, year and 18 months down the road, he's probably got the the ceiling and the upside to, to turn into one of those guys despite not having that ranking coming out of high school. William Barger, Crimson Tide insider, former offensive lineman at the University of Alabama. William, it's always good to be able to catch up and talk a little Alabama football with you here in Tuscaloosa. I appreciate the opportunity. Hope you have a great week, and we'll talk to you very, very soon. Thank you. Hey, thanks, Ryan. Good to catch up with you. Hey, absolutely. Great to catch up with you as well. William Barger, he's a Crimson Tide insider. He's a guy that always dialed in to the Crimson Tide. It's always fun to be able to talk with him. All right, so we've got a few minutes. So if you want to slip in a little prediction, you're welcome to do that. We do that between 2 until 6, uh, but we're doing it today an extra few minutes here on the 6 to 7 Alabama tradition. We've got lines available right now. People struggle every day to get in from 2 until 6. Now's your chance. 205-342-9904. It's Alabama Ole Miss Prediction Contest presented by Dreamland Tide 100.9, the home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. Hot! It's awesome. You're having no fun. Have some fun, man. Talk.
talking Alabama Crimson Tide football on Alabama Tradition with Martin Houston and Ryan Fowler in Tuscaloosa on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Marching into the night They disappeared to the left and right again Another supper from a sack A 99 cent heart attack I got a pounding head and an aching back And the camel's buried in a big straw stack I'm gonna live where the green grass grows Watching my corn pop up in rows Every night be tucked in close to Hey, and it was great to be able to talk to William Barger, offensive lineman at the University of Alabama. And, uh, wow, a lot of fun to be able to talk to Lane Kiffin, Nick Saban, Alabama, Ole Miss. Your chance to chime in. Final 19 minutes of the program. If you want to get on the score prediction, I look up and the phone calls are jammed up. So let's get right back to them uh, here. Let's go to Jim. Jim, good afternoon. You're in the game. Hey, Ryan. How are you, I'm man? I'm doing great. I'll give you my score real quick and get out of the way. Okay. 49-35. Okay, 49-35. 562 yards. All right. Jim, where are you from? Tuscaloosa. Okay. Tuscaloosa. Okay, I just want to write it down here. Long-time listener and a first-time caller. Okay. Okay, I I didn't think I'd ever heard from you, so I just wanted to make sure. 49-35-562. Thank you, Jim. Thank you. Uh, roll tide, roll tide, Jim in East Tuscaloosa. Uh, let's go two zero five three four two nine nine zero four. JJ Northport, JJ. Good afternoon. You're in the game. I do, Ryan. Roll tide. Yeah, roll tide. It's been a long time. It has been a while. Uh, your lines stay busy and must be a reflection of the fact that you've got the most popular sports talk radio in the state. We have fun. We have fun, man, and I hope that comes across, man. This is my team. I grew yes, up loving this team. I, I had fun calling. I had fun calling and telling the uh, stranger there about the uh, the errors that uh, John Stallworth was an engineer, <laughs> but he's got an MBA anyway. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah and, 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 and we didn't we didn't know that. Uh, so I was going to say that, and uh, we kind of found out. Uh, I think Jacob uh, looked up through John Stallworth's Hall of Fame account. And one of the reasons why he didn't go to Alabama is he was forced to play running back in high school. And I don't really know if Coach uh, Bryant evaluated him the same. But uh, he wanted to play right. wide Plus receiver. Plus he had a problem with his legs when he was a youngster. Okay. Anyway, uh, he, he overcame that, obviously. Um, but, yeah, I want to give my score uh, 48-36. 48-36, Okay. And then Bryce Young, and Matt Corral, passing yards combined. Combined, 611. 611. All right. JJ, anything else, man? No. Hey, you have a great day. You too. Thank you, JJ. I appreciate you. Uh, let's go from JJ to Matthew. Matthew, good afternoon. You're in the game. Good afternoon, Ryan. How you doing, man? Man, it's been a long time. It's been a while, man. Well, you know, I'll make this quick. I'm a little busy, but I appreciate you letting me call in. Sure. Uh, score, 
Score prediction, I'm going 52-35. to 52-35, 52-35. And then Bryce Young passing yards with Matt Corral. Let's go 650. 650. 52-35, 650. Uh, you pretty confident? I'm pretty good. I'm feeling pretty good about it. Maybe Matt Corral has two or three picks along the way. So, You know, and that's the thing. I wonder if they'll tease him a little bit, uh, kind of bait him a little bit. Uh, watched Trayvon Diggs do that last night to uh, to Jalen and uh, baited him a little bit and kind of teased him. He thought he had something, and he ended up it was not. Uh, you almost wonder if they'll do that with Matt Corral, and he might come in here a little bit aggressive. I mean, if you look at Matt Corral, he's, he's kind of a hot head a little bit. And uh, maybe you get a guy like that rattled. Yeah, he's kind of a fireball, man. You never really know what you're going to get out of him. But you know, I think you know, you know, I, I think Nick Saban and Pete Golden will come up with a good game plan, and you know, they're gonna they're gonna throw in some things that maybe Lane Kiffin isn't ready for, maybe their DC isn't ready for, and maybe uh, Malachi Moore might take one to the house for us. So, sure, sure, yeah, man. It'll be but, a lot of- yes, sir. Thank you, Matthew. Yes, sir. Thank you. You have a good one. Yeah, you do as well. How about Maurice? Maurice, good afternoon. You're in the in the game. Hey, Maurice. Hey, Maurice. Uh, no. I, I don't want to waste too much time. But I, I'll just give you my pick. All right. Uh, not going to be popular. I'm going to pick Mississippi 45, Alabama 39. 45. 500. Okay. 39. 40. All right. And then total passing yards? 599. Why do you think uh, Ole Miss is the better team? Just, just your opinion. I, I, I just, I, I've just had a bad, bad feeling about them ever since last year, and I don't, I don't really think our defense is that much better. They ought to be, but they're, they're not. I don't really think they're that, that. that well, on paper they look out. good. Uh, but we've not really been tested. I mean, we made Emory Jones look like an All-American quarterback. Exactly. Uh, I, I think that's fair. I mean, I, I think when you look at it. Uh, I, I, I hope I'm wrong. I do, too. I do, too. Uh, 45-39, <laughs> I hope you do. I hope you're wrong as well. So, uh, uh, But I, I appreciate Thanks you. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Maurice. Maurice. Remember the song? What is it? You know, the, the, there's a song that, you know, the guy goes, Maurice. You you don't know. I, I couldn't tell you the name of the. Uh, you had to Google it or something. I I don't know exactly what it is. You need me to break right here, Jacob. Break here. Let me break and I'll come back and I'll go to Colorado, as my grandmother used to say. Colorado. Uh, we'll go to Wheeling out there. We'll take more calls if you want to do a Dreamland score prediction day. We'll continue with more of the game. Tide 100.9. The home. Of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A warm afternoon with a good supply of sunshine. Tuscaloosa's high 87. For tonight, the sky clear, the low at 68. Tomorrow and Thursday, partially sunny both days with a chance of isolated showers. Highs between 85 and 88. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 81 degrees in Tuscaloosa. The host of the game, Ryan Fowler, and the host of the Martin Houston Show, Martin Houston. 
have combined to offer a show filled with in-depth analysis of Alabama football and more. Alabama Tradition broadcasts live on Tide 100.9 every Tuesday from 6 to 7 p.m. and is available live and on playback on numerous affiliates around the Southeast. Check out alabamatradition.com for a list of affiliates as well as other great content. Chris Stapleton coming back. Uh, you proud of me? Is that Chris Stapleton? It is, and it's a Metallica cover. Is it really? Cover of Nothing Else Matters. Man, that guy's so talented. I He's mean, one of my favorites. Really and truly. He, he is really, really good. I was told that he has a place uh, down in lower Alabama, down in the Gulf Shores, Baldwin area, Baldwin County. That's what I was told. Now, I don't know how accurate that is. Maybe I hope I've got my information correct but uh i just like that twang he brings to it a little hey, it's real country it, in 2021 you don't see much of it no you don't no you don't no you don't a uh, little twang tuesday let's go to wheeling out in colorado as my grandmother used to say wheeling good afternoon you're in the game hey ryan how you doing thanks for, thanks for taking my call absolutely it's good to talk to you hope you're doing well and uh, thank you for calling in don't be a stranger Hey, doing great. Hey, been a long time listener in the app and a first time caller. So, uh, just want to give my prediction real quick. I think, uh, looking for Alabama to go 51 to 38. Okay. 51. Looking for total yards of 707. Okay. All right. Looking for 81 and 19 to go off. I think that 12 package is going to go nuts. I think we're going to rip it up over the middle. Be nice. Let's take advantage of it. I mean, it's a mismatch, uh, when you think about it. Uh, uh, Especially when they're both on the field. Well, and and when you look at Billingsley, it just seems like Nick Saban was trying. If you watch Nick Saban for the last 15 years, 14 years, 15 counting this year, when he goes, and, and I mean this in a nice way, when he goes after a player, he doesn't go after the weak players. He goes after the guys who he knows can take it, uh, and he wants more out of them. And he wants them to take charge of not just leadership, but if he knows he can get more out of you, that's where he's going after. And he, he, you know, he went after Billingsley pretty tough. I mean, I heard it for about four press conferences in a row, and I'm like, man, I mean, this guy, what, what did this guy do? And I think it's just simply it's coaching. I mean, that's what a coach is supposed to do. If you're a Hall of Fame player, he gets you beyond that. If you're an All-American, he gets you beyond that. If you, I mean, if you're an All-SEC guy, he, he moves you. That's what a coach is supposed to do, challenge you in the weak spots. And I think Nick Saban has been able to do that. And uh, I get excited uh, about Billingsley. I agree. I agree. Well, roll tide. I'll let some more guys get in. And uh, looking forward to a great game this weekend. Thank you. Whelan out in Colorado. Thank you, man. We appreciate that. What a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful state uh, that is. 
uh, eastern part, western part out towards Utah. Uh, beautiful. Uh, you got the Rockies up there. Uh, it's the mountain without trees or limited trees, not like we have here on the eastern side of the country. Uh, let's go to Rebecca out in Texas. Rebecca, good afternoon. You're in the game. Afternoon, yes. Um, I was calling for my husband, Harris. We live out in Tyler, Texas. Sure, and, sure. And um, he, his uh, prediction here for the game is 48-34, to 34, Alabama with right. 733 yards. Okay, I got 733, but I stumbled there. Uh, tell me the prediction again, please. 48-34. to 48-34. 48-34. I'm going to write down Rebecca and Harris in Texas. So, uh, yep, and just in case, because 48-34, yeah. 733. Uh, good deal, good deal. Th- anything else, Rebecca? Oh, roll tide. Hey, roll tide. Thank you, uh, Rebecca. Uh, Harris from time to time will call in, and Rebecca uh, is able to to get her husband's score in. And uh, we we don't take duplicate scores; that's just one score, so forty eight thirty four there. So when just one caller calling in, but Harris is the guy who usually calls us, and uh, Rebecca having to call in a score. Uh, we're gonna get out of here. I remind you tomorrow morning, Martin Houston six a.m., uh, Wimpen Barry at seven, uh, Gary Harris at nine, and then Jacob Harrison off the edge at 11 a.m. here in Tuscaloosa. Jay Barker, Lars Anderson, 12 until 2. We do it every single day from 2 until 6. Got a big show lined up for you. We'll do Chris Landry tomorrow. I've got another big guest that we're going to talk about. Uh, We'll get you ready for this Alabama Ole Miss game. And you guys have an amazing night. Roll Tide to you. We thank our law enforcement officers, EMTs, first responders, firefighters. You guys are incredible. We don't say thank you enough. We'll see you guys tomorrow at 2 o'clock. Good night, T-Town.